0: Hello, and welcome to Tech Demand Weekly. I'm your host, Charles Commons. Creating great content is an important part of any marketing strategy, but only works if your audience gets to see it. How do you make sure this happens? Search engine optimization, of course.
1: If you don't know how a search engine works, you're not going to know how to rank on it. Google really, 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 really want to make sure that only the very, very top sites are presented and so make sure your site is littered with accreditations and that you are a very, very professional organisation. Your job as a business is not to create the perfect website. No one can make the perfect website. Your job is to do a better website than your next competitor.
0: Miles Winstone is a freelance marketing specialist with over 10 years experience. His clients have included both B2C and B2B companies where he has delivered technical and content SEO improvements. In Ascend 2's 2018 Digital Marketing Strategies report, SEO was found to be the second most effective tactic for a digital marketing campaign, just below content marketing itself. I asked Miles for his thoughts on why this might be. I think when you're looking at
1: digital marketing, you look at your KPIs and what you're trying to achieve. One of the main things often is to get people to your website. That's a KPI that, that's right there front and centre for most businesses. And then it, from what they do when they get to your website, it's normally buy something or learn about your business. But, but the first stage is get them to the website, otherwise they can't buy anything from you. So when you look at it from that side, the, the question that you have to then ask yourself is how do people find my website? they don't just type your website address into Google. They don't know who you are necessarily. And they certainly don't know if it ends .com, .co.uk and and things like that. So they normally use a search engine. They use Google, they use Bing or .go if if they're more privacy concerned. Um, But they'll use a search engine to get to you. And also you've got to remember that they're not necessarily looking for you. They're not looking for your business name. They're looking for what you sell and the services that you offer. They might be looking to buy a Christmas dress. Um, not one from you, just a Christmas dress, and that's what they're typing into Google. So you've got two problems, really, that you have to face. They don't know your website address, and they may not even know who you are, but they know what they want to buy. So they search Google for the product and service, and then what happens? Well, Google take that search. They run through lots and lots of checks, and they have a think about what order to put a bunch of websites in. So they rank your website based on their criteria and there's about 200 or so actual variables they take into account. They, they pull that together and give every website that sells Christmas dresses a score. And whoever gets the best score is the top listing. And then the next one, and then the next one, and then the next one. So, and what happens when people see that is they click the first click that they see. The first link they see is the one that they go for. It's what people do. They very rarely go down to the bottom link even less, almost never click on that page two one if you're not on page one you're in serious trouble if you're not in the top two or three you've really got to start thinking about how to get into those and so really your job as a business is to get people to your site online so they can buy things and you do that by having your SEO right so that they can then, so that you then appear at the top of those listings that's really why SEO is so important to you as to whether it's number one, number two, number three number four in terms of a digital marketing strategy—that's not for me to say. It's number one. Um, it's really to do with making, remembering that it's very, very key
0: that you're there. I, th- I think the the bit about where very rarely you'll you'll click onto that page too. A lot of the time, when when I'm researching for these interviews, like with yourself, I was looking up SEO beginners guide and SEO guide for 2018 or 2019. Those were the search criteria that I was using. And I was going through, and once you've got through the the paid promotional ones at the very top, you're going down the list and you're going, right, does that match what I've actually searched for? Have I used the right keywords in my search to actually find that in the first place? And I'd get down to the bottom of the first page and I'd go, what if it's the very next one <laughs> on the next page? But it never is. Yeah. And so you start your search again and and that just you know you'll use a different keyword or or you'll you'll go away and say I'll come back to that later with with a fresh mind but I think you're right if you're not up there in the top sort of one two or three you're just going to be missed aren't you
1: yeah there's a couple of interesting things you mentioned there uh, you mentioned about the fact there's the advertising that also appears on there Your organic listing is not going to be number one on that page. It's going to be right number four probably on that page. Even if you're the best organic result there is, Google want to put some adverts above you. And again, a lot of people, they don't realise they're adverts. They just click that very, very top link. So you've got to work hard just to be number four. That That's the problem with, with, with organic searches these days, is that Google want people clicking adverts. So you, you're right, you, you you have automatically pushed yourself down the list. It's it's very, very tricky to do that. In terms of what the, you're saying about the keywords that you feel like sometimes, you know, have I got the keyword right? One thing Google are trying to do, and the other search engines as well, is they want to take that concern away from you as a searcher. They want to work out your intent. Even if you don't use the exact right words, they want to work out for themselves what it was you were trying to achieve. Retail is always great examples for this. So if I type in hairdresser, now that's quite funny. If you could see me, you'd know that I don't need a hairdresser. But if I happen to be typing hairdressers into into Google, Google's going to make some assumptions about me. I don't want a random list of hairdressers. I want to get my hair cut. That's what that's, they're naturally going to assume that's what I want to do. I haven't had to type that in. They've worked out my intent. More so, they're going to decide that I want to get a hairdresser that's local to where I am. So I want hairdressers in my local town. So I haven't typed that into Google. I haven't asked them for that. I've just typed in the word hairdressers. So what they've done is they say, well, you want to get a haircut. Why else are you looking for hairdressers? And... No one travels to the other side of the country to get their hair cut. They get it done in their local town. So I'm going to work out where you are. And if you're on a mobile phone, they'll use your your coordinates to work that out. If you're on a desktop, they'll use your IP address to work that out. And they will show you a list of hairdressers in your local town. It's really clever that they can do that. But from an SEO perspective, it means that you have to tell Google that you have a hairdresser in that town. Otherwise, you don't appear on that listing.
0: I remember the days where you had to type in exactly what you wanted to search for in quotation marks. I know you can still do that on yeah. Google. Um but I remember where you had to get your, your keywords incredibly focused and so you would use your joining words like and and it wouldn't necessarily mean so if you wanted to type in something like, I don't know, Holland and Barrett, it would then the search result would actually come back with search results that were about the Netherlands yeah. and about <laughs> somebody called Barrett, rather That's right, than yeah. the shop. Um so it's it's obviously moved on an awful lot over the last ten fifteen years, which I'm presuming is how long ago that sort of yeah thing yeah. Was I mean
1: you and me, I think we're both old school on that one. Cause I, I still do that. I still try to keep my search term as small as possible. But if you look how people search, it's normally as a question. People want an answer to a question, and so that's what they type in. So they you know the way people search has changed from you know old
0: timers like you and me. So how do you identify where to start an SEO campaign and, and get it started and, and on the tracks?
1: Um, you should always start your objectives as a business. Everything you do in marketing generally is to support your business objectives. That That's what it is. You, you've got things your business needs to do to, to thrive and your objectives are, are there to be supported. So your objective could be that you're looking to launch a new website into a new market or it could be that your current one the rankings aren't particularly great or they've suffered a bit of a decline recently and so you need to boost them back up to support your broader objective of selling stuff to people I mean, let's put it in simple terms that's what people want as a business you want to sell things to other people that, that's what you're in business for um, so that gives you something to benchmark against you know you can say right okay I'm my website suffered a decline so my benchmark is to uplift by ten percent the number the number of people visiting my site that that's that's a nice easy KPI to set yourself so next thing you did you do your homework so you know what you want to achieve and then you do your homework so you look you have to learn what search engines are looking for Uh, as I said earlier there's about 200 variables that Google and other search engines use to decide where to rank your site nobody knows them all right don't believe anyone who tells you they know exactly what Google are looking for because Google don't tell you. They give you clues. They'll put you in the right direction and and they do produce videos and their search blog and there's something called search console you can use to find out about your site. But no one knows all the things and all the agencies do is they test. They test and they test and they test and they see what works and then they go, this works. And then Google go, great, we're changing the algorithm. That doesn't work anymore. It's a constant, constant race between the agencies and Google. So anyway, so you've learned what the ranking factors are, you've done your homework, you know your objectives. So basically you have to go and audit your site. So if it's a site that you need to improve, you have to look at those variables and you have to go through them and say, where is my site falling down against these variables? What what am I not doing that Google want me to do? Now, it can be really simple stuff and some things c- can help more than others. But there are certain things you do, like you look to see you have what's called a sitemap you look to see if your pages have things called meta descriptions. Um, these are really, really simple things that every site should have that Google look for as a kind of instant factor. A sitemap tells them it's a directory of every page on your website, so they know they've listed every page that you've got. And a meta description is a little piece of text that appears under your uh, website address in search results. So those little two lines of text, that's called a meta description. And Google use that to work out what your page is about amongst lots of other things. So you do that, you do an audit and you look at it all and you go right, what things can I change easily either using internal resources or external help and you do that. And if you make those changes and make sure you're matching the main criteria Google set out, you will improve your rankings straight away. Google are very nice like that, that if you make changes, they respond quickly. Not in a couple of weeks, you'll start to see things turn around. So once you're happy with that, then you start to look at your competitors and you say, right, okay, well, we're number four and Joe Blogs is number one. So what's Joe Blogs doing that we're not? And that's when you really start getting into the details of it. You look at their site or you pay an agency to do it for you and you go through it and you say, ah, they're doing this and we're not doing that, so we'll do that as well. And so you slowly creep up on them and creep up on them. And it's really important to remember your job as a business, is not create the perfect website. No one can make the perfect website. Your job is to do a better website than your next competitor. You've only got to be above them to make them number two and you number one. And it's very easy to get close thinking and go, oh, it's not perfect, it's not going to work, it's not perfect. It's not perfect. It doesn't have to be perfect. Has to be better than them. So that's really it. That's a really simple, quick overview of where you would start your search campaign. There's obviously a lot more to it than that. But that, that's kind of your, your starting point. If you do those things, you'll give yourself a very, very good grounding on which to build future activity.
0: And of course, that will all take time to do. There's yes. no way that you're going to be able to just start up a new business or just have a new service that you're offering as a business and then create a new website or a new part of your website that then goes straight in at number one or even number four. It's going to take time to work up that ranking system. It is,
1: yeah. You'd be very, very lucky if you managed to launch a new section on your site or a whole new site and go straight in at the top. If it's very, very niche, you might get away with it. If nobody else is doing it, and there's a lot of people searching for it, and it's very difficult to think of a situation where that might actually happen, but if it did happen, then you'd be fine. But yeah, apart from that, you have to do a lot of groundwork. You you have to build the site based on best practice. You then have to tell Google that this site exists you don't tell them they're not going to know about it for quite a while and then you have to start building building up kind of things like links into that site and making sure that it, it keeps the best practice and over time Google will go okay yeah this is good this is good this is good right bingo you're number one
0: So according to the same report that I mentioned earlier, Miles, um SEO is quite a difficult tactic to employ. Um, therefore, it suggests that most B2Bs outsource their SEO. In fact, Ascend 2's 2017 survey into SEO tactics stated that 84% of businesses are now outsourcing their SEO. Do you see any benefits to keeping it in-house rather than outsourcing it to an agency? Yeah.
1: As with everything, both sides have pluses and minuses. If you're keeping it in-house... And I have worked in-house on SEO. I've been a full-time employee for for companies just looking after their SEO. So I've seen it from that side as well as the agency side. The real benefits to you are, you've got someone looking at your site 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If, If I'm an agency, I'm being paid to look at your site for so many hours a month. And as much as I might like to look at your site longer, I've got another client who I'm also going to be looking at for a certain amount of time per month as well. If I'm working for you directly, you're paying me to look at your site 9 to 5, Monday to Friday. So you've got a much better chance of of spotting things that are going wrong and having the opportunity to correct them. That's one of the main benefits of going in-house. It's having someone looking at it all the time for you. Also, an employee is going to know your business better than an agency. uh, As well as an agency might try and understand your business and understand what it is you're trying to achieve. An employee lives and breathes it every day. So they'll, they'll know much better than anyone. And you know, if they're coming up with something new, or if you're coming up with something new, they'll be the first to know as an employee, and so they can start the building process in SEO earlier. So you can get a faster response and more in-depth knowledge about you as a business from using an in-house one uh, as well. The thing to watch out for is to make sure that that person you've got doing your SEO is being is keeping up to date with the latest trends. One of the things you'll find is that agencies are normally very, very good at getting their staff onto training, learning more about Google, learning best practice and staying ahead of of everybody. If you're doing an internal one, you've got to give your employee the opportunity to do that as well. You've got to make sure that if they say, come on, I need to go and do uh, training, I need to go to this conference. It's all about the latest search trends. You've got to give them the opportunity to do that. Now, there is a cost involved for you for doing that because that's time that they're not in your business. They're doing something else, but it's the only way to make sure that they can do it to the best of their ability.
0: Do you think then that the agencies that are obviously going to those conferences, that they're paying their employees to go to those conferences to learn about um, all the latest trends and and everything that's going on brand new, the benefit for them is obviously going to be that while one one of their employees is at that conference, they're still going to have another employee working on your site and working on your SEO. Whereas if you're a business that has the SEO done in-house by one employee or or maybe there's a very small team, then they're probably all going to go to the conference at the same time because it's only on that that one day. And by the time that that conference comes around in a a year's time, it'll all be different again. So you're going to have to either trust the agency to do it for you or your employee to take the day off doing your SEO so they can actually go and make sure that they're improving their knowledge to make your site the best that it can possibly be.
1: Yes, yeah, no, I, I think I think there's a lot of truth in that. Definitely, yeah, the the agency has extra resources to pull upon, while, while some of them are, are learning, whereas an in house one probably doesn't. You're absolutely right. It, it's, you, there might be one person doing it. There might be a small team, but you're right. They're all going to go to the to the conferences together because they all want to learn. But it's still important to do it because. You, you will learn so much more and they, they will be so much better for it because you will learn from other people there at the conferences. You're not just learning from yourself. It, it's that kind of shared knowledge which helps everyone and means that everyone does better.
0: So we, we touched on it there a little bit, of, of course, but um, what about those companies that are currently outsourcing their SEO? What advice would you have for them to make sure that the third-party company gets sentiment in the brief that you provide?
1: I would start by just saying always make sure you keep in regular contact with your agency. Lots of agencies most these days want to work on a retainer basis, that you pay a fixed fee per month. It's nice for the agency, they can control their their cash flow and their income in and out. And it's nice for you because you know you're getting a guaranteed resource for for that amount of time that you're paying for. The danger is, is that you get used to paying them the money, they get used to carrying on what they're doing and you forget to actually talk to each other about it. So they think they're doing a great job and they're carrying on down one path. And you want to change things, but you've not informally you just kind of assume they'll somehow work it out that you've changed what you want to achieve. So make sure you stay in contact with them. Make sure that they're always up to date with what you're trying to do. And it also keeps agencies on their toes as well, because because they'll go, oh, Bob wants to talk to us later. We better make sure that we're, is everything all right on their site? Please tell me there's nothing we've forgotten about. So it helps keep them on their toes and make sure they understand your business objectives. I've mentioned objectives quite a few times, but it's, it's really important SEO does not stand on its own. It's there to support what you're doing as a business. So make sure the agency knows what you want, because otherwise they're not going to deliver what you want them to deliver. They're going to deliver what they think you want, not what you really want. Always make sure you audit their results. You would do that for an internal employee, do it for an agency as well. You, You know what you want them to achieve. Set them KPIs, set them targets, and then measure them against it. Um, when they deliver it and say you did really well then and compliment them when they do well as well as criticise them when, when they need a bit of a stick as well and when you are making changes to your business plan and you want to do new things, involve them early I, I've seen it before where a client has had loads of meetings in-house and gone, right, we're going to do this, this is going to be brilliant and they go to the agency and go, this is what we want to do we're going to do it tomorrow and the agency goes, whoa, this takes months to organise do not don't get into that situation if you want to make changes to your business get your agency in at the start. They'll have all the clients that they can, you know, take advice from that could help you as well. They can go, well, you know, we know in the market that this is happening, so therefore you should try that. That kind of thing. They'll give you great advice at the beginning and it will shape your business plan and you'll end up in a better situation than leaving it till the end and just saying to them, you know, oh, right, okay, here's what we want you to do. Go away and do it.
0: I think that that would be very, very easy to do for a lot of people, really, wouldn't it? Just... Right, I've employed this team here. You go away and do it. Eventually, I'll come back and check on you. But that's not going to help you and your brand, is it at all? It's no, not
1: at all. Yeah, it's it. It's got to be a working relationship between you. They're not agencies are not some remote thing. They're part of your organization whilst whilst you're paying them. So you know, make sure you stay in contact. Make sure you use them as an effective resource as well. Because yeah, because otherwise, it, it's not going to work. And you're going to walk, walk away with a very bitter view of an agency. That, you know, when it's not their fault, quite frankly, that they've tried their best, but you haven't made that connection between each other.
0: We'll be back after the break where we'll take a look at how to measure the successes of an SEO campaign and how outside sources you need to be aware of can affect your SEO. Tech Demand is a B2B platform who specialise in connecting organisations with their customers. Tech Demand create unique and engaging specialist content which is evergreen for generating campaign success. Visit the website tech-demand.com to discover how Tech Demand can help you. Welcome back. Before the break, my guest Miles Winstone spoke about the pros and cons of outsourcing your SEO to an agency. With that in mind, I wanted to know how to measure the success of that external company managing the SEO. Miles has some advice and tips. Yeah, the, there's a really simple place to start. Did your web traffic go up? It's, it's a
1: really straightforward measurement. You've paid someone to improve, or to increase the number of people that visit your website. Did it work? It's not going to work the next day. Give them time to, to do it. You know, Ask them how long they think it will take to start seeing improvements. And if they say it'll take two months, then give them the two months. They're the experts. They'll know better than you, quite frankly, how long it'll take. But at the end of those two months, check your web traffic and go, two months ago, we got X number of visitors. Now we're getting X plus plus 100. Oh, okay, it's gone up. Should it have gone up more? Let's have a think about that. But that's really your first test. If your traffic went up, you're getting more people to your website, the SEO is working. If traffic has gone down, then that means something's still not working somewhere. Beyond that, it it really comes down to what KPIs you set at the start. So if your KPIs were, were around things like we have certain keywords we want to rank for and we want to rank on page one for them. You know, get your agency to produce reports on that. There's plenty of tools out there that will produce reports like that. It's It can be mostly automated when, once you've set up the criteria. So make sure there's any regular updates. It's like, okay, you know, these keywords were, were not even in the top 100. They are now in the top 50. So we're not there yet, but you can see the pattern going. And then a month later, we're in the top 10. We've done it, kind of thing. Make sure you keep monitoring them and make sure they understand the KPIs and, and that you are getting reports on those KPIs to make sure it's being met.
0: Would you maybe sort of set them out to begin with with uh, a, a specific objective? So let's say uh, increase your website traffic by 100. As you said, you've got X plus an extra 100 that what you had at the start. Once you've got that, then alter your kpis alter that to basically say right okay you've done that right well i want 200 more
1: yeah yeah I th- I th- that, that's absolutely right yeah um 100 was a number i picked out the yeah, air really you'd want a higher number than 100 but it's a good starting number um but yeah your your kpis and your targets will change over time but you've got to start somewhere don't don't Ask for the moon at the beginning because because it just won't happen. Um, you've got to be realistic. It's like the whole thing about objectives being smart, specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, time scaled. Stick to that criteria because that will really help. And yeah, so you set your initial targets and it's like, okay, we want to increase traffic by this or we want to attract this traffic from these keywords. We want to get above these companies in search rankings. Whatever it is, that's your objective. Set it. Work the path towards that. Make sure the agency say to you, well, we think this will take us six months to achieve. So you need the the expectations have been set realistically. When you get to the end of it, go, great, that's perfect. We need to keep on with that because if we don't keep on doing what we were doing to get to this, we'll risk falling backwards. Because your competitors aren't standing still. They're, they're moving as well. But now we need to build on from that because we've done a lot of work to get to this. Now we're maintaining it. So let's set new targets to bring in even more keywords or to get traffic up even higher or to get these keywords in even high positions on the page, whatever it is that you want to set as your metric, but but do it. And yes, you're right. Keep adjusting them and adjusting them and keep the agency on its
0: toes. So when I think about SEO, I tend to think about the product or the service that I'm offering, but it's also about getting your brand and your message out there, isn't it? The more awareness your audience has of you, the more trust it will then have in you to deliver your service to them. Should this be the main consideration of a business when starting an SEO strategy rather than generating the sales?
1: It's interesting, personally, I would always say selling stuff is the most important thing. So that should always be your key thing. If you're not selling stuff, you're not making money. If you're not making money, you're going out of business. So always focus on the bottom line. But the trust thing is really, really important. Now Google over the last couple of years has been making lots of changes to their algorithms. And one of the things they've been focusing on is authority and trust for the website that they're putting at the top of the page. So they call it E-A-T or EAT for short. But basically, the long and short of it is, what they're trying to do is, whatever they show at the top, they know people are gonna click on. And they want people to be able to trust that click so that it gets them the information that they wanted when they searched. And that it's seen as a voice of authority in that industry sector. So that's when you look for news items. BBC News often comes to the very top. It's seen as a trusted voice. So Google will rank it high. So Trust is very, very important in that sense, that it will support your SEO objectives because it will boost you up. If Google think you are um, a well-established player in the market, that your customers like you uh, and that you can be trusted, they will move you up the ranking. So yes, it's very important, but I would still focus on the actual, you you need to get people on board to buy stuff. On the flip side, You put a lot of work into positive information and increasing your trust on the website, which is great. Negative things written about your business will have a detrimental effect on your SEO. If you have a low score on things like Trustpilot and other Mm -hmm. review sites, or people have written blog posts about your company uh, and said nasty things about you, that will lower your trust in the market and will drop you below your competitors. So it's very important not just to focus about on-site activity, but look at the off-site activity, especially around reviews, and encourage people to post positive reviews on review sites for you. If you're British, you always feel a bit like, oh, I can't ask people to say nice things about it in a review site. You've got to get over it. You've got to get over it because people are very keen to post negative things about you, and you, you've got to address it. You, you've got to make sure that, that the true message about how good your business is, is out there. Every company has one bad customer. It, it, it's unavoidable, but don't let that one bad customer... Affect all the good work that you do. Getting back to on sites, things you can do to help increase your kind of trust and authority is you can, you can write blog posts. That's always a good one. If you can get quoted on news items, doing a bit of positive PR, that's really good. Especially if that news item then links back to your site, Google you see that and go yes, fantastic. You know, if the Guardian wrote something about a subject um, that's in your market area and they had a quote from your MD and that quote also links back to your homepage. that is a massive positive trust factor as far as Google are concerned. And they will push you up the rankings for it for doing that. So do look for those opportunities as well. It's especially true if you're in the kind of healthcare and insurance markets. Now, these ones, Google, really, 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 really want to make sure that only the very, very top sites are presented. Google do not want to be responsible for you getting bad medical advice. They do not want to be responsible for your life insurance being rubbish because they don't want to take the blame for that. So they will only promote the very, very best of them. And so make sure your site is littered with accreditations and that you are a very, very professional organisation.
0: So every guest that I've had on this podcast has talked about the importance of knowing your audience. Every single content marketer has, has talked about that as being pretty much the first thing that a marketing company should do before they start creating any content at all um seo is no different but how do you make sure that your seo strategy will actually reach your intended audience
1: yeah it's an interesting one because your general metric is did more people come to the site now because of the way websites work and analytics works that doesn't necessarily tell you you're hitting the right audience it's a, it's a good question because if i'm selling um kids shoes and my audience is Grannies and granddads, then they might buy some shoes for their grandkids, but it's not really what I'm after. I'm after the parents. I want the parents to come because they're going to spend the most money and buy buy the kids their shoes. So it can be tricky. If you just look at the headline numbers, it doesn't really tell you what's going on. You have to do some other things. If you use Google Analytics... They will do some demographic tracking for you if you enable the option uh, in there. It's all anonymised, so you don't have to worry about GDPR considerations uh, and things like that. But what they will do is they will present in your in your analytics information the kind of age ranges and gender breakdowns or, of who came to the site, and also they'll try and look at the interests of the person, like what kind of sector market sectors. Are they looking to buy in and things like that. So you can use that information to try and get a picture of the audience that came to your site and then say, well, that, that's who we wanted. So that's great. You can also do other things to, to look at it, which aren't just looking at the web traffic. L- look at your sales. If you're trying to boost sales in London, in, one, in your London retail store, and you've done some work on your site to highlight this London store exists, see if people more people went to the store. If they did, people will find that information online look at online sales and look at the postcodes from where people bought from what does that tell you about are you hitting the right market you know back in my early days of marketing we used to use mosaic profiles uh, and things like that where you could take someone's postcode and you could learn a lot about a person from their postcode people who live in the same postcode generally have very similar lifestyles we're, we're all a bit like sheep really in that sense that you know your house value will be a certain amount you'll be interested in certain things you, you know, you can tell whether someone's single or married has got kids just, just by where they live. And if you look, go out your house now and look at your neighbour's houses and look at the kind of people they are and go, you know what, you're right, we're all the same around here, aren't we? That, that's just how it is, you know. I, I live you know, in an area where there's lots of young children around because we've got young children and we're near local schools. That, that's why. There's no, there's no mystery in it. It's just that's the way it is. So from postcodes, you can learn a lot about the audience of who bought your stuff. And if you know you're an online retailer and they've come for you from online, you've got it there. You say, well, we brought all this extra traffic in. These were the sales we made from that traffic. This is where they lived. We know their demographics. We know we've hit the right person. Um, so you can see it that way. You can see getting the right audience there. If you're in more B2B, again, you can't really tell from the postcode like, what kind of business someone is. They're all scattered around. There you have to look at the client clients you, you brought on board. If you're selling services, it's like, okay... What inquiries did we get? You know, who were the clients who came on? Were they what we wanted? Were they businesses of above a certain size? Were they businesses in certain sectors? You, you have to look at that. You can't just look at the web traffic. You have to look at other stuff and, and infer the
0: information back to, about the web traffic from that. So what would be your three main pieces of advice then, Miles, for doing SEO effectively?
1: Keep in mind your business objectives. That That's really key. And that's not just for SEO. It's for anything you do in marketing. It's got to support your objectives. Otherwise, it's pointless, frankly. Learn what the search engines want and how they rank sites. Do your background knowledge. If you don't know how a search engine works, you're not going to know how to rank on it. You're just not going to know it. So make sure you understand that. Or... Um, you've got somebody in who understands it on your behalf if you don't really want to find out for yourself. Audit your site regularly against the best practice. The criteria changes. The last time Google did a big update was August, um, so not that long ago. But they do do mini-updates all the time. And when I say Google, I also include the other search engines in that, just that Google's the biggest, so that's the one that everyone knows. But they all work at different schedules and different speeds, but they all update all the time. So make sure you know um, what the latest thinking is cause otherwise you will fall down on that. That's my three and give you a bonus one. Just to reiterate one other point. Remember, you are not trying to make a perfect website. That is not your intention here. Your intention is to make a better website than your competitors. So don't get hung up on it's not perfect. If it's better than your competitors, you will be number one and they will be number two. And that's what's important.
0: My thanks to Miles Winstone for a very informative look into search engine optimization. You can find out more about Miles on his LinkedIn page, which is linked to in the show notes. If you haven't done so already, check out the Tech Demand website. It's where you'll find all of our podcasts to date and our B2B marketing blog. You can find it at tech demand.com. I'll be back next Wednesday with another Tech Demand Weekly. I hope you'll join me then. Thanks for listening.